0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled you're with us. It's Merrick and Sean. We've got two great debates. And I say this because Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have anything super newsworthy Going on right now, coming off the three day holiday in the US. We are just getting yeah. back in the swing of our week and hope you are too. But thanks for joining us. We're thrilled you're with us.
0: The cool thing about both these guys, I, I think you noticed it as well, they're both writing from the islands, if you will. One from Australia, the other one from Hawaii, where obviously you have much, you know, a whole lot of separate difficulties of what cars are available and what do they cost. But both of them wrote in, both of you guys wrote in and said, here are the two cars I'm specifically deciding between which of these two cars and why. And they've broken down in, in good detail what they're looking for you know, as far as uh, priorities. So that's good. And then they've kind of laid out, OK, guys, here's our two, my two top cars, which one and why. And then is there something I'm missing that I just had blinders on for? So that's the interesting thing that matches both these up, even though they're looking for different things.
1: Yep, yep. And Merrick is in Maui, Hawaii. And he has mm-hmm. got the Pikes Peak Hill Climb on his brain, clearly. He's broken everything down. <laughs> He's set us the list of fastest cars for 2016 and for 2015. And, uh, yep. yeah, and some, uh, some choices here, some links to some cars already for sale. So we get to debate these, <laughs> which is going to be a lot yes. of fun. And, wow, Sean's email is long, too. He's down in Melbourne. So... Guys, thanks for writing in. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be totally different. So,
0: All right. Well, and it's funny to see he's, he's sitting here saying, OK, I, I like these hill climb cars. These are the cars specifically in my area that fit at my needs. I mean, that that's, it's fun to just talk about, all right. It's almost like that friend's called up and gone, all right, I, I've narrowed it down to these two. Where do I go? So we're a little more kind of reined in than we've been in a couple weeks past. But I think that's also really fun.
1: Before we jump into these, we've got some something on our brains that Todd and I have been mulling that relates to the mm, upcoming yeah. pilgrimage adventure that we are taking in Germany. As you know, everydaydriver.com yeah. adventures. So this upcoming trip that you and I are taking and bringing people, we're gonna have mm-hmm. one day after everything ends at the end of the trip, which is Friday, yep, September yep. 30th, 2016, in Frankfurt, Germany. And Todd and I have been talking about, hey, is there anybody nearby? You wanna come get together? Is there any mm-hmm. gonna, anybody local or even you know half hour away, something like that? that would lo- like to swing by and chat with us, we're just wondering and putting that out there for you. And well, I mean, it actually
0: came from... Yeah, totally. I mean, it initially came from Ockham, who's been listening to us forever yes, and, and actually yes. watching the show long before we had a podcast. In fact, you met him at one point, Paul, and I've traded emails with we him. We had lunch He's in L.A., one of our, which was great. Yeah, exactly. He's one of our many, many listeners in in Germany in general. And to be honest with you, I don't remember, my friend, where you actually live in Germany. I realize it's not like Frankfurt's by everything. It's not that. It's a decent-sized <laughs> right, country. Right. But he, he had actually brought up the question of, are you guys going to have any downtime that's not part of the trip? And that's what kind of sparked Paul and I. After some other conversations as well, we went, okay, wait a minute. That night, September 30th, everybody that's going with us on the trip, and those guys are so excited they barely stand themselves, and they should be. (laughs) But all of them will be back on planes to the U.S. We've got six guys going right now. We've got a seventh that may come, uh, and it's going to be an unbelievable trip. We have fit them into track days that have pretty much filled around them. And it's just going to be so much fun. We actually do still have space left, believe it or not. But those guys, the whole trip is laid out now and locked in, which is cool. But they will all be gone by that night of the 30th. And we're still in Frankfurt. We don't leave till the next day. We're kind of shepherding everybody out. We just thought, all right, Tom and Paul and I were going to dinner somewhere in Frankfurt anyway. Yep. If there's anybody yep. around who wants to join us, you're welcome. Now that may be ridiculous. Nobody maybe nobody's around and can join us. It's a Friday night, who knows what you're doing. But we are putting it out there. If you want to, let us know. We'll plan for you. It'd be great.
1: Currently working on swag bags for the trip, so yes, you heard that right. If you go on the trip, you too could get a swag bag with cool stuff. Not gonna tell you what's in it. You've got to go on the trip to be able to, well, to get one of these. True. But uh, working on that right now in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff. But as Todd said, by the end of the trip, we'll be exhausted and just mm-hmm. wondering if you want to hang out talk cars cuz we never do that actually
0: exactly in case you're curious you could ask to things about cars to. yeah it'll be very weird be very weird i do want to acknowledge that the swag bags that we're offering are going to be very cool however i forever think of swag bags and i think of the oscars and if you if you you sure. know we all have google sure. at our fingertips start googling some of the oscar swag bags of years past there have been rumors <laughs> where the stuff if you go to the oscars you get a swag bag and it's worth you know 50 to 100,000 dollars worth of stuff in that bag. This is not what we're doing, folks. (laughs) No Uh, Swiss-made watches, uh, none of that. Exactly. Exactly. No no first-gen whatever that is the limited edition whatever. that's, you know, it's still still us. But we're just really excited to give some exclusive stuff to the people that are going. Besides the fact that you're getting to go, and it's going to be, I mean, yeah. You and I have joked about it, but it's more driving than you and I have done to make the film Pilgrimage.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we're getting really excited. So, write to us about the Frankfurt. Again, that is September 30th. That's a Friday in Frankfurt, Germany. See, uh, yeah, if you're available, great. Would love to meet you. Love to hang out. And uh, please write to us, TV at gmail, and uh, see what you think. We'd love to meet you. So, yeah. All right, jumping into the debates. Once again, as we said, this is a lot of fun and keeping it different because we've never debated for somebody who lives in Hawaii. And it's my understanding mm-hmm. that Honolulu has some of the worst traffic in the nation, if not the planet. Now, Merrick is not in Honolulu. He's on Maui. So he's looking for something that will feel <laughs> feed the need for his Pikes Peak uh, aspirations, <laughs> I guess you could say. But, yeah, uh, yeah as I said, he's in Maui. He has been listening to the car debate. Merrick, thank you so much for listening. He's been into mm-hmm. motorcycles for a long time. And as you listeners probably know, I worked for Kawasaki for a while as a designer uh, early in my career and kind of got into bikes as well and had the ability to check out some press bikes and, you know, leave the car in the parking lot for the weekend and take a bike home, that kind of thing. But I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I, my first love is cars and as cool and fun and amazing as motorcycling can be. In L.A., it's just it was not viable for me, and so mm-hmm, I really turned mm-hmm. to cars, and so we get it. You're looking for something that's going to kind of feed that need and still be small and lightweight. So he's coming from motorcycles and that kind of feeling and looking for something lightweight that will feed the Pikes Peak Hill Climb proclivity that's that he's got funny going about on. about this.
0: That's what's funny about this, is he's, he's eyeing the Pikes Peak hill climb like he's got a stage one on Maui. Yeah. And that reminds me, I, I don't know if you remember when this happened, Paul, but it made me laugh. You and I were having a conversation during the Focus RS shoot, and I'm going to give a shout out to Michael again, uh, who loaned us his Focus RS, because yes. he was there for this conversation. You and I were having just kind of a casual little conversation, not really related to the shoot, and talking about a road in Utah here that it that we kind of refer to as the road to Hannah. That is the road to Hannah, Utah, which is a really cool drive we've done some shooting (laughs) on. And we mentioned that in passing, and Michael kind of perked up and went, well, what are you shooting there, and how are you getting cars there? And it took a beat for us to realize we totally missed ourselves in communication because Paul and I are thinking about a road close by where we are here in Utah. Michael heard road to Hannah and thought he heard road to Hannah, which is the road that our friend Merrick wants to drive this, this on. Now, if you look up Maui, it is pretty much the twisty road, and it looks <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. We aren't shooting on that road. I just want to put that out there right now. Unless somebody's flying us to Hawaii and providing a car, uh, Merrick, depending on what you get, let us know. But, but seriously, <laughs> we, we don't shoot there, right. but this is where he's wanting to drive. But the thing about Hawaii, if you haven't been there to drive before— you kind of have one road that goes everywhere. It's not just be based on just land mass and access. It's not like there's tons of great roads. But this one, uh, the Hana Highway on Maui, is a, one of those fantastic squiggles. So this is the road he wants to, to put this car on. And he sent us specifically two cars because he, he actually sent us the list of here's all the good Pikes Peak cars and why they're good Pikes Peak cars and how they've been for every year. And then he acknowledges he's got about twenty grand to spend. So he sends us two cars he thinks might match. They're both from Craigslist in Honolulu. Now, the good thing is that means they're already in Hawaii because you can spend money getting a car over there. Oh so yeah. luckily, they're already yeah. there. So he's got two. One is a 2006 Mitsubishi Evo 9 with some mods. The other is a 2003 Nissan 350Z that's now twin-turboed at 400-plus uh, wheel horsepower. These are his two that he's considering. Both of them are there. They're local. They're available. They're in his price point. And I looked at these specifically and felt like I, I instantly gravitated toward one, and I have reasons why. But I'm curious where you went with this.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to get cars there. We understand that if they're not already there. And the fact that these are for sale in Honolulu and on the islands, and you can access these cars right away. That's a huge factor in determining, you know, which car you're Mm -hmm. gonna buy. I had some other choices that I'm gonna throw out at the end here, Merrick, to consider, to see if you could find something like this. But in the meantime, let's stick with these two, which are, as you said, the Nissan and the Mitsubishi. I looked at the ads for these two, and uh, well, I'm gonna pull that back up again here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm leaning
1: towards this Evo 9, I really am. Having having not driven it, We've driven the Evo Ten extensively, as you know. But
0: uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> watch for five minutes. We've driven the Evo Ten here at Everyday Driver. Lots yes, and we lots.
1: have. Um, pasting this into my browser here. Yeah, I'm looking at this car, and it's orange, orangish, reddish color.
0: But all good. Bring that on. All good.
1: Fifteen thousand. Says the guy with the orange car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Says the man with the orange car. Now, I, uh, I'm looking at this thing, and the ad says that the car runs great. It's an awesome daily driver, but this person doesn't have a need for it right now. So that mm-hmm. tells me it's something pretty hot. And to Merrick's email here is, it doesn't matter to him the amenities. He says he would mm-hmm. prioritize the performance enhancements over anything else, power seats, mirrors, anything audio. Of sure, course, sure, air conditioning yeah. would be nice. We get that. But... You know what? If you get this car, just roll the windows down. I like it for but this what is you're a fun car. For That's
0: the priority of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now I like the style of this car a lot. As a matter of fact, and it seems unique. It seems just the photos here seem very, very, yeah, well kept. I think this owner has spent a lot of money making this car like this, shipping over parts, the whole deal. Probably. And I I like it because it's just unique looking. Even though the Nissan is that burnt orange as well I just mm-hmm. never had a thing for Nissan's and from a dynamic perspective they never really did anything for me and this all wheel drive system on this car just really does it for me and the fact that it's, it just seems like it's such a great deal low mileage and the guy's not driving it he's selling it because he just doesn't have a need for it I'm, I'm really liking this Mitsubishi I think it's unique and it could be a cool hill climb car
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. You and I have almost instantly gravitated toward the exact same car. Hmm. I think the Evo is the answer here, too. Uh, and, and for for a couple of reasons. I mean, what you're talking about, if you look at this road that Merrick's discussing, this is a very tight road. This is an incredibly tight road. Uh, that 350 with twin-turbo power, which who knows how it's been tuned. It might be the kind of twin-turbo that comes on all of a sudden. But over 400 horsepower rear-wheel drive that and also, it appears to be a little bit lowered. Uh, and I, and I don't think like lowered on cool coilovers, it looks more like just, just lowered. Uh, that car to me, on the kind of driving you're wanting to do, I think it has the potential to be trouble. Um, a lot of power to the rear wheels, not a lot of ground clearance. If it goes wrong, it's probably going to go wrong spectacularly. So, my feeling is that Evo now, not that that Evo couldn't launch you off a cliff, Merrick. Be careful. I'm, mean, I it's, it's. Possible either way, but you know, we've talked about the way that that Mitsubishi from starting with the eight, the eight, nine, and of course the ten, they're moving power around all four wheels. It digs you out of corners. If you're wanting to treat this as a as a hill climb thing, I think that is, as crazy as what I'm about to say sounds, that is the slightly safer car in this scenario. I think it is also the mm-hmm. better tuned car for what you're wanting to do. And the other benefit is it is four doors. You can have it as a car that you can just also use a little more than the than the Z. I think the Z is a fun car, but I think for your needs, I think the Evo just wins.
1: I like that, even though Merrick does say this is a weekend fun car only. However, just the the ability to say, you know what, I just want to take it because I can right now. I don't, you know, we're not driving hot, but, you know, let's just take it just for a a quick errand or whatever. You certainly can.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, uh, Merrick also says here that he's fairly technical. He's done pretty much everything mechanical in cars aside from a complete engine tear down and rebuild so he could wrench on stuff and i take your point about the nissan here sure yeah it's got a lot done to it it's it says here 103,000 miles on the car but 33,000 on the motor so okay so it's got a rebuilt motor apparently mm-hmm. maybe that's not a bad thing but i'm just i'm leaning towards that that evo um it's a bit newer i, mean, I think this just
0: yeah I think this Z would probably run really well and be a lot of fun. And I take it back. I'm actually looking at the ad better. It does claim to have uh, um, to have coilovers, but I mean, they're talking about lowering it enough. They had to put in a camber kit. I mean, it's it's been significantly lowered. And I just think on the road you're talking about, I just don't think it's ideal. I think it would be a mm-hmm. lot of fun to put your foot down and enjoy it. And probably on you know freeway sweepers and stuff, when, where they have those, I think that that would be fun. I don't know that it's a it's the canyon carver that the Evo would be though. I think it would still be fun. So that's kind be. of why I lean where I go. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is not a this is neither of these both the thing thing about both these, both of these are very clean, high end looking builds. Neither of these are those weird build cards you see on Craigslist where you're like, hmm, well, I hope that runs. Both of these look <laughs> exactly. really good. I
1: hope it starts. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Plus I don't like the wheels on the on the Nissan. Yeah, that's the the deciding factor for me. I like the Evo ball. <laughs> <laughs> Paul in the photos picks it
0: based on the wheels. <laughs> in the photos, though, it looks
1: peach. This car looks like a peach yeah.
0: Evo. That's kind of weird. Hey, you huh. know, I, I I am all for the orange and bright cars. I'm all for, it. and actually, this Evo does it look like it doesn't even have a wing? I mean, I would have expected the big the big monster you could eat off of it table wing, but it looks like it's just got a lip, which is actually It's just a nice lip. Too, what so makes helps. it a little mm-hmm.
1: bit tastier, a little bit more subtle. I'm trying to Slightly, slightly
0: less boy racer. You're still driving an just, orange Evo, okay? It's, you're, <laughs> not, you're not hiding from anyone. True. But at the same time, it's not... Yeah, it doesn't have the big table wing on the back. I think a car could be fun. I hope that's helpful, Merrick. A couple more thoughts for you. Three
1: more thoughts. And that is uh, an E36 or E46 M3. These have proven to be good project cars and still in the mm-hmm. doable mm-hmm. range. If you find something and you go drive these cars and you're just not feeling it... And you want to do something you 're on your own with your own parts, those two cars are good project cars they 're good for mm-hmm. you know clean slate, that kind of thing. The problem is finding them that are untouched for a decent price yes, yeah, 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 that is kind of the problem and then I even went race car I thought, could you are there race cars that are already prepped? And hear me out. Hmm. I went searching for a 914. So this is a 1976 Porsche 914 race car.
0: Oh, wow. And I found
1: it's already prepped for $9,500. So talk about small and light and nimble and fun around town, fun everywhere. But it's half the price of your budget. I mean, it's it's lower cost, and maybe that saves you money. Maybe it's, you know, you can put more money into it. Just a different thought for you. I thought Boxster Mm -hmm. or 914, something that... Again, people have already poured the money into, you're taking advantage of that, and it's even lower than 20 grand. So yeah, this $9,500 914 caught my eye, but... You know, of course, Definitely. you might not be able to find one in, in uh, Hawaii, so that's your limitation. Well, that's
0: the, that's the big thing. I mean, we can start throwing out, and I've actually got a couple now that you're bringing it up, that we can start throwing out, uh, hey, go look for this car, but I don't know if you're going to find it there already. I mean, yeah. I remember a couple years back, this is how long I've been looking at leases. Anyway, I remember a couple years back, there was a $20,000 <laughs> non-wrecked.
1: Or eight years Sheesh. Yeah,
0: non non wrecked Elise. That was actually I mean it's not like it was a salvage title. It was a it was a $20,000 Elise. The reason it was 20 grand, it was in Hawaii. Oh. And they were saying, "Hey, you can buy this. We've priced it really low, so once you ship it, it's competitive." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but it's in Hawaii."
1: Yeah.
0: But let yeah. me spin that for Merrick and go, "Is there an Elise in Hawaii?" Now, that's a car that has mid-engine handling. You would love chucking that down any road you find. That is also a car, because of its handling, when you reach the edges, you are now spinning like a top. So just be aware. Just just be aware. <laughs> but you might find a cheaper lease because the market for those, I mean, how many even came over there? Same with the S2000. You actually brought up the S2000, Merrick. I think that is a good candidate. Certainly look for those. Um, for what you're wanting, I think that would be interesting. I think the hard part with the S2000 is also, is it stock? Just like the situation with the Z.
1: Yep, yep. I'm thinking this Evo's red. It's got to be red. I hope it's not peach. The lighting's bad.
0: All right, we'll go with reddish-orange. Who cares if it's peach? If it's peach, Granted, I drive an orange car, but come on, why not? <laughs> let's just let's just embrace it.
1: <laughs> That'd be a little holdback. Otherwise, Merrick, thank you so much for writing in. I hope that helps, and... Uh, I have been to Mama's Fish House on the north side of the island. It is excellent, tasty, wonderful food, and uh, I have wanted to go driving there. But uh, so far, I've been limited to an outrigger canoe. So, have fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been on—I've been on both uh, both Maui and Kauai, and actually, sat in traffic in Honolulu. Come to think of it, uh, but uh, yeah, so I've been both of those places, and it's one of those things where. It it reminds me a lot of of Pacific Coast Highway in California. What I mean by that is you find yourself on roads that are spectacular with everyone else. Yeah, And suddenly you realize this is a great road, but do I come out at like 5 in the morning on a Sunday and then get this road to myself? Because short of that, I'm just driving along and I'm kind of gritting my teeth going, how awesome is this if all of you people would go away? So I just wonder (laughs) about that. Because that's the uh, thought I've always had driving around in there. It's so, sp- such a spectacular place to drive, but because there are so few roads, most every road is getting used. So that's the, that's the tough part.
1: Yep. When I was there a few years ago, I remember meeting a lot of Aussies and uh, f- come to find out that Hawaii is actually a top vacation spot for those in Australia because it's something different and apparently it's cheaper. And that's why everybody comes to Hawaii from Australia to vacation. I met so many Aussies there, and speaking of which, we've got Sean in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. I would love to go to Melbourne. This I mean Sydney, of course, but Melbourne is up there. I I would really like to go. I mean, kicks off the Formula One calendar every year. I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you bring it back to Formula One. I love it. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to do Australia, and I like to do New Zealand. I mean, it's funny. Working on the Lord of the Rings films, there were a lot of people around me that went to New Zealand for one reason or another. Some of them actually went to New Zealand Actually, we were there for about 20 minutes to pick up something related to the film and got back on a flight to fly back. Not the way to go to New Zealand, wow. but unfortunately, I didn't get to go then. And I think they still are pushing the come to New Zealand and take the Lord of the Rings tour trips, uh, which of course they are. But I'd like to go, period, because everything I knew about the place was awesome. I'd like to go that part of the world. But, you know, it's only money and time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. let's talk about uh, our friend Sean down there who is actually writing and asking about, again, two specific cars. He's shopping. He has never really owned a focused sports car. He has a Land Rover Discovery. He has a Toyota Land Cruiser. These are staying. He's pretty much been a 4x4 guy. He's raced 4x4s in Australia. So This is a guy with deep, deep roots in big trucks. And he's looking around going, okay, all right. He's got two kids, 22 and 14. He's in his mid-40s, and he and his wife are having a conversation, and they've kind of landed on, let's keep the trucks Go out and get something fun that's a car. Let's try something different. So he's wanting a fun car. He wants to learn from it. He wants it to be an actual sports car. He can learn to drive better with it. So he has landed on two cars. I'm going to hand it off to you, Paul. He's landed on two cars, and he's debating two things specifically, both of which we are intrigued by.
1: Yes, yes. I've looked both of these up, and the first one is the Mazda MX-5 retractable fastback. So the RF, which is still... Uh, Not quite a concept, but it's not quite available yet in most markets. And the Australia Mazda site says it's not available until 2017, but possibly mm-hmm. at the end of 2016. So this is with a two-liter engine. That car versus the new Ford Focus RS. These are mm-hmm. the two cars, the MX-5 versus the RS. Now, again, as Todd not said... Not the same,
0: very interesting.
1: Very, very different. And this is specifically for learning to drive, and Sean says here he wants to get in and among the driver training, the club days, track days, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and learn proper techniques. So keep that in mm-hmm. mind as we're talking. Just have that floating around in the back of your head as we're talking through these other requirements here, which are he wants the weekend car. Okay, it doesn't have to be the daily. He's got the 4 befores for that. It's yep, got to be yep. the first true sports car. So, you know, it... And by that, I know that you mean not the first car with loads of power. It's a true, the, the better your skills get, the more you can extract out of the car, not just put your foot mm-hmm. down kind of power. So that's what I'm hearing from you, Sean. Must yeah. be stick, so manual transmission, and all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, which is fine. And it's got to be mm-hmm. small. So that's why he's brought these two cars to us to, to really debate. And there's some other things in here that he said, okay, I could possibly – you know, consider that. I think you're also asking, Sean, what am I forgetting? Is there anything that I've missed? Mm-hmm. I, w- I do want to throw some in here. some suggestions out there just as a, agreed. you agreed. know, think about these. And I have a wild, wild card for you based on uh, a oh, recent drive that Todd and I good. have done, uh, okay. as well as another website, which I will go to, into right now. I found this, ClubmanDrivers.com. This is Clubman Drivers Club of Australia, which is Mm. small cars. They're lightweight, open, two-seat roadsters that are designed for the road and track. Now, this group is, like I said, in Australia, and they're really for some track days, but really getting into what you want. Now, it's unclear Mm. to me if you need to have one of these Clubman-type builds, which are, generally speaking, kit cars, but... Mm. I'm just wondering if that's a group that you could get into and start talking to and start getting connected with as far as even though you don't own a car yet, you're looking at something fun and lightweight. Hey, could you be part of the group? Yeah, yeah. And you might already know about this, clubanddrivers.com, very cool website, and they've got all the contact information for – all the club officers, I think you could easily get into and find, hey, I want to get into the scene. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Yeah, yeah. I think these are great people to start with and start talking to once you've got something decided. And who knows? You might want to go that direction.
0: I swear, sometimes I think your Google goes to different places than mine. The sites you find (laughs) that relate to people's questions, I am always floored. (laughs) <laughs> and, they're, and they're always bang on too, but, but, I, but I keep thinking, what was the search parameter that led you there? <laughs> Bravo on that, by the way. I'm quite impressed. Well, thank but you. But keep I'm, going.
1: I'm digging around on this site. It's pretty cool. This is all for Clubman enthusiasts. If you click on Manufacturers on the left column, these are manufacturers of very few I have heard of. Uh, Puma, mm. Striker, Wasp, uh, MNR, there's all these builders that are local, but could be interesting, mm. could be something to investigate. We're not trying to say, you know, consider this only because obviously this car has got to be good for you and your wife, day trips, overnighters.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the other part of it, yep. Maybe you guys
1: just want to tool around and, you know, put the top down and... Well, it kind of gives it away there. Well
0: that that's <laughs> that but but no but he's that's why he's brought it up. I mean, he, he mentions that the reason one of the reasons he's considering that Mazda is because he wants a car that his wife can enjoy and he and his wife can go out in. Mm-hmm. And so I've yeah. really looked at this in detail and I have to say and and I applaud you by the way for, for acknowledging the fact you have these big trucks. And, okay, you you don't want to do a big car. You want to do a small car in comparison. And you even took the time to break down some of the other small cars you've considered and kind of thrown out. I mean, you said you looked at the 1.5-liter new uh, MX-5. We don't even get that in the U.S., but the, the ND Miata with the 1.5-liter, you considered that You've talked about you know maybe the Golf R, but you don't need an all rounder. You want a fun focused car. You have you're going to use your trucks for the normal driving stuff, so you feel like the Golf R is a little less interesting. You brought brought up the uh, Renault Megane, which. We drove in Germany. We'll drive it again this year on the pilgrimage trip. Fantastic platform. But you went, wait a minute, front-wheel drive. And and it's one of the best, honestly. But you don't want front-wheel drive. You want traditional setup, which leads you at least traditional all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, not front-wheel drive, which leads you to these cars again. But I have to say, I'm going to play my hand right now. I have to say, I think the Mazda wins this. I like the Focus RS so much. It is a great car. But it is still a car that is bringing trickery. And let's be honest, as is the Evo, as are many other things. But it is a car that is not going to give you a pure driver education like the Miata will. But the other reason I really go Miata here, and I mean, again, I hope I even fit in this RF because I think it's really intriguing. But I think the thing about the Ford Focus RS that I wonder, honestly wonder is that a car that after about a month of owning it, your wife looks at you while driving her somewhere and she goes, why do we have this car?
1: <laughs> Which is what you don't want. That's exactly, the, but, but the I think, last thing you
0: want. I, I think as, here's the thing. The Focus is so much fun to drive, but I don't think it's a car. Short, I mean, look, there are wives out there certainly that would just be all about the Ford Focus RS. But I don't think it's a car that you go, hey, honey, let's go to, out to a nice dinner and take the RS. I think that has a shelf life. Whereas I think the Miata brings a, this is a special occasion car, as well as you can track it, you can learn it, you can get better with it. It has all of those factors and still feels like just a fun drive car.
1: For everyone listening, I want to say this is one of those times when Todd and I are in full agreement. It's not often. But here, I am entirely with you, especially since Sean writes here. He wants to have a car that he can hang on to for 10 plus years. He wants to teach his mm, kids to drive. Mm. Well, his daughter. I mean, his daughter, yeah, yeah. This is going to be, you know, it's got to be inexpensive to insure. It's going to be beat on. It's got to be a nice balance of is this a boy racer car or is it, you know what, we can tool around? You even bring up modern classic, Sean, which I love. But the biggest mm, point mm. here that you hit on is the craft of driving. And because that RS has modes, it's got drift mode and sport mode and race mode and all these modes that do different things, experienced drivers are going to feel that and be able to enjoy that, I think, more, possibly, because Mm. they understand what it's doing and they can correct and, you know, correct their driving styles. Oh, okay, so that's what the car. Just like, Todd, when you put the the RS in drift mode – and didn't drift it. Mm-hmm. You just drove it around in canyons and just felt the yeah, power yeah, yeah. coming out of the corners and just felt where it throws power and what is the car doing. Yeah. I think you were enjoying your. Figured out the personality. Honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't think you were looking at that like, wow, this really takes the place of the purity, the craft of driving that Sean is talking no, no, about no, here. No. So for those reasons, as good as the RS is and as much as I want to recommend it, I don't think it's for you at this point. I mm-hmm. definitely I am beating the Mazda drum here. And the RF, I I do admit, that's going to look pretty good. I like the hard top aspect of it. By the way, it does relate to Porsche Targas, so, you know, I'm just poking you a little bit. Of course Um, you are. (laughs) But uh, I I like it for those reasons. And because it is, you turn everything off and suddenly it is down to the basics and will be for a long, Mm -hmm. long, long time, which is great.
0: And I do want to revise a couple of things you're thinking here, though, Sean. First off, I'm glad you're going to get the 2-liter because I think if you got the 1.5-liter, it would still teach you tons of things. It would be a great car. You'd learn you know, speed maintenance and all that kind of thing. I think it would be a countdown until you just thought, this car's too slow. So I'm glad you're looking mm-hmm. at the 2-liter. I think that's good. However, I'm going to say to you, don't get the GT spec. And, and, and I, I admit, I don't know how they're going to spec them for the U.S. and Australia, et cetera, but I'm hoping that RF comes in club spec so that underneath the skin are the club setup. Because the thing about the club, and we've gotten into lots of conversations with people about this, but, you know, we had the GT, we had all the grand touring, you know, soft versions on our four generations of Miata piece. There is the club version, it is more uh, stiff, but this isn't a stiff car from the factory. This is the thing. So you wind up with the better shocks, the better brakes, the LSD, and the club version, which you're going to appreciate on the track. But this is not a car that has rattled your teeth, even in club spec. Mm -hmm. It still has body roll. It's still a car that is mostly designed to be on the softer end of sports cars. That was Mazda's whole approach with the latest version was we want body roll. So in a lot of cars, I would say, yeah, you want to get the Grand Touring because you want it to be a little softer, so it's a little more livable. I don't think the club's going to be a problem there. But I think you as a driver are going to prefer it when you do push it hard. I think it will do Mm -hmm. both. So I would say don't go GT, go club.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. And to what you were talking about here, uh, Sean asks about, I just want a car that will make me smile when I'm tootling around, just street legal speeds most of the time. I definitely think the, the Mazda is in that category because as much fun as we had with the Focus RS, we had to go digging deep. And we smiled and we grinned and had a wonderful time. Oh, yeah. But we're really digging hard and we're pushing the car hard and fast to go find that. I think normal street speeds in an RS, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, I don't think it's going to be as fun as the Mazda will be. I mean, as soon as you I get on it, key. Got boost and, I mean, the way it yeah. tackles canyon roads – it's a far superior car in terms of numbers. It'll crush the oh, MX-5.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Who totally. cares? Because you're going to be building this car, and the Miata, the MX-5, has, has proven for over 20 years, 25 years, that it is mm-hmm. the long life, long-lasting, you can keep adding things to it, keep tweaking it, and keep enjoying it. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to graduate. You can just keep on with that car.
0: It's the platform. Agreed, and I think... I think it's also the car that – I know we're just beating on this, but I think it's also the car, and I think this is key for you, Sean. I think it's a car with with the MX-5 that your wife or your daughter, when she starts driving, will actually say, hey, I'm going to go wherever it is, and I want to take the Miata. I don't think that ever happens with the RS.
1: No. No. Yeah.
0: So I think that's – if that's a consideration, and I get the sense that it is, I think that's your car. And then you can take it – here's the thing. Teach your daughter to drive in it, then take your daughter to a track day because she'll like it even more. I mean, that that yeah. would just be crazy fun. Take your wife to the track day. Just make it a family track day in the RF. <laughs> Done. I do have a couple others I want to bring up, but I think of the two you you've brought here, Sean, I think that wins. But what else do you have on your list, Paul?
1: I do as well, and these are not on yours, Sean. These are not on your list. That is the 370Z, Nissan 370Z, Or Todd's car, the FT86, because that is definitely in the Mm. category of things you can continue to add as you go. We've proven the fact that you can continue to add power, add things. It's a good place to start, and it has the dynamics that you're looking for. It's kind of a slow car off the showroom floor. We all know this. But Mm -hmm. it does the things that you're looking for that I think you'll find in the the, um, MX-5. But my wild, super-duper, crazy thought for you to leave you with. Sean, okay. Is a Caterham Seven at the low end, the <laughs> 1.6 liter, the 270 SV. Oh no! Could you do a Caterham Seven? Okay. Could you? Could you? I mean, holy moly! That is on the list of Clubman manufacturers at ClubmanDrivers.com. Oh, funny. Caterhams funny. are on the list. So are Lotus Sevens, by the way. But I'm just saying, yeah. we tasted the Caterham. And what a different it experience. Was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of yeah. good. It's a wow, I didn't know I would like that flavor, but I do. More of that,
0: please. I mean, true. I, it's a wild
1: think, card. It's out there, but
0: just I, I think that is maybe leading the pack ahead of the RS of cars <laughs> your wife shakes her head at. I mean, oh, honestly, yes. Which, yes. Uh, which, Sean, that, that might be the fun of it. Honestly, that might be the <laughs> That's hey, the point. honey don't don't care bought it anyway and it's awesome i mean maybe, yeah. maybe it's that maybe it's that joke between you and your wife and you go to, you say to your daughter i'm teaching you to drive in that and she goes not in that you're not i mean maybe it's the <laughs> it's the joke that could be fun i like it from a wild card perspective i do like that i thought of two others that i feel like if we're going to talk about this mx5 i have to bring them up now one of the things you've said here sean is you're actually thinking about you know you want to buy this new you want to keep it a long time so i'm going to go into the used world that may be something you flat out aren't going to consider. But I feel like if you're going to look at the, the, that RF, then you have to look at two others as possible cars to buy used for your budget or even not even using all of your budget of roughly 50000 Australian dollars. Uh, what about the NC Miata hardtop? Okay, okay, yeah. It's out there. Sure. You have them. I'm glad you said that. It, it sure. solves it solves the hard top problem. It's everything you like about the RF, other than it's not as cool a body style. I admit, but you can get them cheaper. They are great to drive. They have a great retractable hard top. The nice thing about both these retractable hard top Miatas is you can take them to any track anywhere, and you'll be probably be okay. You may you have to depend on your track regulations, but most of the time those hard tops get away with it. Uh, so, you've got that. You're going to look at your track specifically, but <clears throat> yeah. we like that NC hardtop. That's a real consideration. And then I have to say it, I can't ignore it. You could get a used Boxster S. And that is a car sure. that your wife and sure. your daughter would probably just love the occasion of driving in that car, but you can take it to the track and learn it. That's one of the most docile mid-engine platforms on the planet. As much as mid- en- mid-engine platforms can theoretically bite, that one just won't. You could just learn it. So, you leave the front engine, rear wheel drive platform, you go to mid engine, which is a whole different style and wonderful feel. And you could get one. I, I can't ignore it. I feel like it's the obvious one that would, would be uh, conspicuously absent if I didn't say it. Um, oh, you're right. You're I like right. that RF. You're right. I, I, I like it the too. RF, but there are those. Yeah.
1: I mean, the consumables, brakes, rotors, tires, all that kind of stuff. Definitely cheaper for the MX5, as you've pointed out here, Sean, mm-hmm. cheaper to insure, mm-hmm. maintenance, all that stuff. We talk about that. Probably sure. endlessly, but I like the suggestion. I mean, you can't ignore the Boxster. It's it's great. I mean, find, find somebody that's already done some stuff to it and then go, <laughs> yoink, thanks very much.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: look, you're <laughs> selling
0: that one. Exactly. I will take it. Exactly.
1: All right. Well, uh, please let us know, so, both of you, Merrick and please. Sean, let us know. We're very curious because these are – Very much in the vein of what we're all looking for and that fun because uh, that's the whole reason we're here. So, yeah, please write to us. Let us know what you end up on and uh, enjoy the catering. So
0: there you go. And Exactly. And, Merrick, tell us just how good that road to Hana is. Um, Yeah, and uh, we'll figure out what date you have an available weekend, and we'll take your new Evo and drive (laughs) that road. Anyway, uh, yeah. Hmm?
1: Reasons to go to Hawaii. All right jumping into some great Facebook questions. We've got a lot as usual. Thank mm-hmm. you all for writing in. I want to jump in with Dammy's question. He writes to us quite a bit and Dammy, hello, thank you for being such a fan. But I had yeah, to laugh yeah. because he writes to us and asks, "What's the worst promo campaign for a car you've ever seen?" Oh, there's a lot of them over the years. I mean, you could go <laughs> way back. You can Google this. He he's Man, taking us way back to the Cadillac Katera, the caddy that zigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I read that and I wanted a wretch. But uh, I'm with you. I think it's the GM suicide robot from a few years ago for the American football Super Bowl. I think it's uh, oh. I think it's that one. That was just depressing. Nobody liked it. It was terrible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot well, that are bad. A lot to choose from.
0: You remember? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two, and and actually one just struck me as one that I actually really liked, even though I didn't understand how it sold the car, but I thought it was cool, and that is so. It's, so it's that's where it kind of fails when the uh, <laughs> when the Volkswagen Phaeton was available for sale in okay. the U.S. Okay. There was this one ad. Where and I don't remember how they, they built it up. I have to. I, I didn't look it up. I should have rewatched it. But there was this one ad where it's father and son driving around in the Phaeton, and they're talking about the the voiceover is talking about how awesome the Phaeton is. Now this is a hundred thousand dollar Volkswagen. They tried to sell in the U.S. and nobody bought it because they went hundred thousand dollar Volkswagen. That was the problem. If you've listened to the podcast at all, if you've followed this car at all, it was it was over engineered. But now you can get them for, like, you know, a slice of bread. You can buy yourself a Phaeton. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what's happened to these cars. But at the time they were selling them, they had this commercial where it was a father and son driving along in it. And the end of it was he was telling his son kind of all the things the car did. And at the end of it, he'd, and I, again, I should have watched it again. He tried to convince his son that the hazard button was like a light speed button. And at the end of the commercial, they hit the light speed. His his son hits the hazards, and Dad floors it, and they take off, and his son just laughs. Kind of a cool moment. I'm not sure it sells that car, though. So that was one thing. But then the other one I thought of, we've joked about before, the last generation, I think it was the Mercury Milan from the early 2000s, when (laughs) we were first (laughs) launching Ford Sync. Uh, I just, this commercial to this day. Yeah, to this day, this commercial just... I, I, I'm boggled because the car never had to actually move or drive to get the commercial done. You could have <laughs> rolled it through a soundstage and the commercial was the same. Yeah. I, as a driver, am so offended by the fact that you just sold an entire car based only on its tech and not even about the fact that it can move. That's the one that bugged me. it!
1: I will say my favorite on the other end of the scale is, of course, a Porsche ad. But I still send this to Needle Friends, and it's an ad that you can look up online, and it says, honestly now, did you spend your youth dreaming about someday owning a Nissan or a Mitsubishi? (laughs) Bam, Porsche, there is no substitute. It shows the 964 (laughs) from, yeah, early 90s, and I just, Mm -hmm. it's the best ever. I love that ad. It's my favorite.
0: Well, okay, if we're going to go best ever, I'm going to say the G.I. Joe and Barbie 300 ZX ad.
1: Uh, What was this ad that I have never seen? What are you talking about?
0: Oh, oh, look it up. YouTube's got it. It's a fantastic ad. The Nissan 300ZX. It was an ad for that, but the way they did it was it was all stop-motion animation. It was Barbie leaves Barbie's dream house to go on a date, and G.I. Joe picks her up not in Barbie's car. He picks her up in the Barbie-sized Nissan 300ZX. That at the end of it, when they, because of course they tear off, and GI Joe smirks at her. You know where that's going. But at the end of it, it turns into the actual picture of the real 300ZX. Fantastic attitude, great tongue-in-cheek style. One of the best car ads ever.
1: I'm looking at it right now. You're right. I do remember this ad.
0: <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, just it is good. because you get the sense that somebody has a sense of humor. But they also just sold you the car. You want that car now.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. All right. So moving on, uh, we've got more uh, from Asa. Asa Gooch says, he would love it if we would fully acknowledge this comment on the podcast, Mm -hmm. which means we both must acknowledge it to fully acknowledge it. Thank you for Mm -hmm. writing in, Asa. Next time, write a question. Be creative. (laughs) We would love it. But we do fully acknowledge you.
0: Here's here's the reason we have to fully acknowledge, acknowledge Asa, and I, and I have to call myself out. You are speaking to the fact that I have, a, wait for it, a proclivity to currently <laughs> say, I fully acknowledge whatever. This has been a situation with me my whole life to the point that now I see it in my son and go, oh no, I'm sorry. I will get my brain stuck on a phrase or a word, and I will run it into the ground. Proclivity doesn't even cover it. I will run it into the ground until to the point that I start to annoy myself. I say it so much, and then I banish it from my vocabulary and it's gone for a while. At the moment, I will fully acknowledge that (laughs) fully acknowledge is the one I am overusing. If you listen to the last couple podcasts, and we do re listen to them, you listen to the last couple podcasts, I beat that up. So Asa is calling me out very rightly so. Awesome. I fully acknowledge my overuse of the term "fully acknowledge," and you are now fully acknowledged. And my proclivity hopefully will change. There all right. Now if you're having a drinking a game right now, you are in a coma. No, you're so the the congratulations. Getting your stomach bumped. <laughs> all right. Uh, can we
1: banish that for a while? Can we? You know? Can I call you on it next time we all hear it?
0: I will. I will try. My my sons. My son has one currently that is apparently, which. My wife said to me, where did he get apparently? And I said, it was from me apparently. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was I that's actually what happens. words, and they don't, they don't match the sentence, but he's just trying to use mm-hmm. a big word. It's so cute. It's really funny.
0: Yes. But, but my wife, she was like, where is, why, who was using apparently so much? And I said, it's me apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang it. I mean, I realized halfway through the word, it was like, I did it to him. That's terrible. So I'm sorry, son. Uh, this is your life. I apologize. <laughs> you have that You have that proclivity. I'm using it again.
1: And when you're of age, you're forced to listen to all of our older podcasts to bring you up to speed of everything we talked about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> again, I'm apologizing in <laughs> advance. Uh, I want to speak to something that Rick brought up here. Uh, Rick asked a question that I'm not really going to answer, but it speaks to a larger question. Rick said, what's the ideal road trip for an Omni GLHS? is there is there a cult out there somewhere because for the last few weeks we have had various people and i think it's two or three of you just having a laugh at our expense That keep asking variations of the omni glhs uh (laughs) car (laughs) because you apparently want this car acknowledged so i'm calling out right now and going okay we have read the questions we are acknowledging it i'm not sure why I mean, you're going to say <laughs> it was built by Carroll Shelby, and I agree with that, but then I'm going to say to you, it's an Omni. They made the, the GLS, it actually was stood for Goes Like Hell, and then the G, see, GLH was Goes Like Hell Edition, and then the GLHS was the Goes Like Hell Some more. <clears throat> Welcome to the 80s. They took a terrible car from the 70s, a, you know... Omni hatchback. Anyway, I can't believe I'm ha- having this conversation. Anyway, they <laughs> took that, they turboed it. Then Carroll Shelby took it and turboed it some more. Uh, they only made 500 of them, so it's like that. What was it? The the Cyclone, the Typhoon. What was the Fiesta? You told me the other week, and I forgot about it again. That Fiesta that they turboed to crazy things.
1: Uh, oh, remember the, the one that um, Jay Leno
0: has? Shogun. The Shogun. Thank you. With there it is. Taurus it's like SHO that kind of build. Yeah. It's it's like that kind of build where they where they hopped up a a little wagon, you know, a little tiny hatchback from the... America was not making good economy cars in the 70s and 80s. Why are we tuning them? And they made 500 of these, so that means you really can't get one. Of course, we haven't driven one, but if you look at the specs of it, this is a car that pretty much any modern car will blow away. So can we leave the Omni?
1: Yeah, I think the modern slightly modern equivalent of that, is the Dodge Neon SRT4 that we get chewed on. For those group also that really love this car and think it's the greatest, and we haven't driven this car. I'm sure it's really fast when you really crank I would up everything. Take an,
0: uh, I would take an SRT any day. I would drive well, one yes, tomorrow. Yes, compared but, to the Omni, it's a, it's a well, uh, anyway, keep Omnis, going. Keep Omni's,
1: going. you know, 20 years older than that. But this yeah. is the I think the new equivalent of the Omni. It's fast. We don't really acknowledge it because again, there's other cars that will, you know, put your money into other better cars. I've never been impressed with a neon platform. I don't care how many things you screw to it. I'm just saying <laughs> it doesn't matter. But yeah, cranked up to what, two hundred and thirty horsepower? Even more than that. And I'm sure it's a hoot, but I would take so many other cars before this one, I can't even tell you. And I'm going to get chewed well, for I mean, saying that. I know I am.
0: You are. You're going to get beat on. Congratulations. This is what the comment section becomes. But, I mean, here's the thing. Carroll Shelby made some amazing cars. That doesn't mean they were all amazing. And it doesn't mean just because Carroll <laughs> Shelby has his Depends name on it that you should start. go buy one. <laughs> Depends on yeah, where you exactly. start. What, you, what are yeah, you starting totally with? I totally agree. What's the totally recipe agree based on? If you start on? with something, yeah, you, st- you start with a Mustang versus you start with an Omni, you're going to end up with different results. Although, Although,
1: you know, the whole argument that he started with AC and it was a weak little roadster, and he shoved a giant V8 in it. I get that, but... yeah. yeah.
0: But at least that started as a rear-wheel drive roadster. It this did. is a late 70s American economy car. Not a good start. Never was going to be a good start. <laughs> I don't care what the brand is on the hood. This was not an icon of American engineering. It just wasn't.
1: That same orangutan pick your that brand. Uber uses throwing darts at these exactly. cars, too, saying, start here, that was, let's that use was, that. That
0: orangutan's me. grandfather designed that car. Exactly yeah, no right. But that's the thing. That late 70s, early 80s era of American car design, none of the economy cars from that era are things where we're going, you know what, you should buy. So, yeah, anyway. Our we cameraman. Keep the to death. Let's hope that's done.
1: Yes, yep. our cameraman in L.A., Edgar, He is. uh He's never run. <laughs> Edgar, I know. I'm so thrilled that you did. And Definitely. And we're calling him out because guess what he got? <laughs> he got a almost brand new. I mean, it looks brand new from the photos. It's pristine. AP2? Is that an AP2, Honda S2000? Yeah, it's an
0: AP2. Yeah. Gorgeous. So, yeah. It's
1: bright red. The wheels are the polish. They're really nice looking. Ah, congratulations. Edgar, Yes. He asks us, when are the four of us, Todd, Paul, <laughs> Chance, and Edgar taking all their rear-wheel-drive sports cars for a drive together? Mm-hmm. Well, just put it well, out there. The three yeah. of us are here, and you are in L.A. <laughs> just saying. Three
0: You're against right. one here. You're right. Well, I mean, this is the thing that's happened in the last, uh, you know, obviously I got the FRS uh, last spring. But this summer, for whatever reason, the other three of you guys all decided to dive into rear-wheel drive sports cars, and Chance got a mid-twenties used Porsche Boxster, uh, Paul, of course, as we know, got his GTS, and Edgar went and got himself a pristine S2000. We practically have the everyday driver rear-wheel drive greatest hits in our personal long-term yes. garages. Yes. So putting all those four cars together, I would love to get that that going. So maybe we need to figure out a way. Maybe it's a Vegas drive. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a meetup. I don't know what it is yet. We we we've just hit this question this evening. We have no plans. But uh, Edgar, you've thrown it out, and I love what Paul said. He's going well. There are three of us here in Utah. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just looking just at like,
1: just alone. I mean, you know, three of us are here. There's great driving (laughs) roads in Utah. I'm sure you want to clear the city and get out of there. Come on, bring your car.
0: I mean, Hop in that S2000. We'll put you up. Yeah, exactly. Come on out to Utah. The four of us will go driving. But uh, I do love that he asked that question. And congrats on that S2000, man. That's awesome. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Congrats again. All right. uh, A couple more. Uh, Chris Limbright asks about driving. Specifically, you're going on a three-hour drive. So what are your go-to snacks and drinks? Chris, I have to have a latte. It's got to be a vanilla latte. non-fat <laughs> milk, preferably. And uh, 145 degrees, please. And my snack <laughs> got are the... You've to be kidding me. No, I'm not. It's got to be okay. just right. And uh, preferably not Starbucks. I like other coffee besides Starbucks. And uh, <laughs> my preferable <laughs> snacks are those little peanut butter filled pretzels. That's my favorite. So that's my snack for the road trips.
0: Well, I'm actually really uh, that shows growth from you because I'm actually surprised you answered that way because somebody went ahead and responded to that and said no food in the car ever. And I actually thought that was you responding, but it wasn't. You've actually acknowledged having both food and drink in your car, which is that's some major growth because you're not a guy that is okay with that. Yes.
1: I mean, I'm not okay with, you know, dipping sauces in my cars, (laughs) like ketchup. And fries, not yeah. okay. And yeah. the pretzels are mm. not greasy. They're a little this is tiny true. package of dry dryness that just goes mm-hmm. down the hatch. And they're great for everybody, kids and traveling yeah. and adults yeah. and everybody. So that's my yep. go-to snack.
0: I, I drink an inordinate amount of water, so I always want multiple water bottles in a car. That's, I have to have that. Now that also means there'll be more pit stops, but I just, I don't know what's happened to me as an adult, but I drink an inordinate amount of water in a a calendar day. So there will be many, many uh, bottles of water around. And then I just, I, my major vice is chocolate. Anyone that knows (laughs) me knows this. I can, I can consume chocolate at an alarming rate. Oh, so yeah.
1: And I'm a guy that lets chocolate down
0: people. I'm a guy that let's not water down the chocolate with anything else, please. I don't want your peanut butter, I don't want your caramel, let's just stick with chocolate. Oh that's right. So, you don't really uh, like
1: the dough encapsulating the chocolate in a cookie form. No, you just it's like the just,
0: chocolate. I, the, you
1: don't only, like food the only your exception
0: food. is I exact I, the only exception is I do like chocolate chip cookies, but in general it's just chocolate. let's just not let's not break up the goodness with anything else. Let's just stay right there. So it'll probably be something chocolate on a bottle of water. how incredibly boring does that sound. But from my early years in radio, because I did radio way back in college, which is a whole other separate thing. Uh, country radio, by the way. Anyway, um, but uh, I learned then how to eat chocolate without actually winding up with melted chocolate on your fingertips because you couldn't get that on the board. You were supposed to be incredibly careful sitting there with a the very expensive soundboard and the microphones and everything. So, the, so here I am, of course, drinking water and eating chocolate while on the air. I had to figure out a way to do that without getting messy fingers, which helps for driving now. So it all comes back full circle.
1: When he eats Hershey's Kisses, and he wraps up the little foil. He leaves these little pellets around, so we call them Todd pellets. You know yep, he's been that's here, true. and there's these little chocolate wrappers and that's little true. tiny silver balls everywhere. So you know he's been. If if you would like to to hear my chocolate.
0: wife sigh, if you would like to hear my wife sigh with that combination that only a wife can do of I love this person, but dear God, sometimes I hate them. <laughs> that's what happens when she finds these little Todd pellets around. She has that perfect wife <laughs> sigh of this is the love of my life and sometimes I want to murder them. That's the <laughs> sigh.
1: Ay ay ay. All right, well we will shut things down there. Thank you guys for so much for listening for watching again. We're hoping you're enjoying the Focus RS. We're well past 200,000 views on that, which is great. Yeah, awesome. Lots and lots of comments, which is fun to see. A lot of people who have not driven these cars and mm. everybody's taking mm. sides. And I knew it. It would be four kind of people. Four types of people looking at this video. And everybody's, you know, planting their flag and taking sides. It's pretty interesting. So a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. It's
0: a very very polarizing piece. And everybody has – you can start to see – brand bias like crazy of, oh, wow. I mean, the, the Ford one is funny. The Ford guys and the Volkswagen guys are going at it. Yeah, they the way, are. They are. Because the the opposing side of that equation, it, it may as well be the US Civil War, because the blue and the grays are not happy about each other. So uh, yeah, it's going on.
1: <laughs> what else? Uh, write to us with your own debate. And thanks to both these guys for writing in, TV at gmail.com. And also on the website, and uh, we've still got a few slots left for the pilgrimage trip. And by the way, Todd and I are already discussing the next trip. I'm not going to say anything beyond that, Mm -hmm. but we're so excited. This trip is coming together in such a big way. We're already discussing the one after. So
0: stay tuned. And and I want to clarify, even though we're not going to say what the trip is, I want to clarify what you're talking about is a trip in addition to the pilgrimage trip. Yeah. We, we want to keep we want to keep doing this Germany spa yes. combination. Good point. There have been many of you. There have been many of you that have written in and thank you that have said, Hey, I want to do that Germany and Belgium uh, ring and spa trip, but I can't do it this year. I hope you're gonna do it again. If it comes off the way it's forming, and we're close enough now to feel like it's forming really well, we wanna keep doing that trip. So obviously stay tuned for more info on that. But we're also talking about if this one unfolds like it appears to unfold, we want to set up some other locations, some other ideas. That's the trip Paul's talking about, and we can't even say any more than that yet.
1: (laughs) Happy New Year or Merry Christmas or whatever. Anyway, stay classy. (laughs) Pick
0: your holiday. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.